What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, February 5th, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside Four Eyes for the last time. True, man. My final, well, second to last show ever. Games cast later today. I feel like I've said it on <laughs> nine shows in a row. I'm like, this is the last we're time. Gearing up, we're, we're gearing up. We're, this is my final Games Daily wow. with glasses. Wow. Yeah. Forbes, 30 under 30, a.k.a. the best baby blues in San Francisco, a.k.a. Bring them back. The verified one at Tim Yeti's. Let Tim host. How do you feel on, on the eve two of your? Hey, real talk. Is it tomorrow I'm, or is it Friday? Tomorrow. Okay, I'm getting real scared. So if you're I'm not starting watching, to get in my head about it, if you're not watching the kind of funny podcast, Tim is letting them shoot lasers and I'm do getting his laser eyes. eye surgery. It's not PRK. the good laser. It's not the easy laser eye surgery. This is the one that's going to make your life yeah. a living hell three days from now. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. We're going in, man. I'm feeling good. Otherwise, you on WWE content. Making right. fantastic kind of funny content, killing the game, repping like only Greg Miller can. That's how I do it, yelling about uh, our YouTube channel. Got yeah. the whole URL, and I was very excited. You want to give some info on that where sure, people can find if stuff? If you didn't know, I was on WWE backstage last night for a promo school where I tore Xavier Woods, the Crooked Commission, new asshole. It's true. It's true. Uh, you can catch it, of course, on your local cable provider. Uh, somebody already ripped it and put it on the subreddit, though. So uh, reddit.com slash r slash kind of funny. There you go. You can Whole check bunch that of out. clips all over the place. Yeah, thank you all. The support was amazing last night. Always cool to do cool stuff and bring kind of funny to new audiences and new, uh, I guess, platforms or whatever. But the amount of tweets, the amount of things, the amount of comments, all the love. It was great. Thank you so much for being out there watching it. I know so many people were like, I don't, even, I don't know if I get this channel. I'm going to try to watch it. Like, I love it. I love that it. That was cool. We haven't been on. Cable TV in a long time ever. ever? G- I don't. Yeah, G four was long gone by the time we started. Yeah, yeah, funny, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So totally. I guess I probably haven't really. That's done. cool as hell. There's yeah. two other things though, Greg. What two else? other things that make me feel good. Three other things actually. One of them is there's a new Saw movie trailer. Oh, is that? I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, Chris Rock. Directing. Are we doing Saw in the review? Uh, probably not. But okay, I, I, you. maybe, maybe, you. maybe. You used to be fun. Um, more than that. Speaking of in review though, Saw Birds of Prey last night. Let me oh. Just say, it's a good movie. Oh wow, it's a good movie. Is it a Batman v Superman good movie or is it a good movie? It's a good movie. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's yeah. number one. It's already number one oh, in the DCU. Oh, with a bullet. Easy, yeah, yeah. Easy. For so, what we've reviewed easy. so far, Man of Steel, Batman v Superman. Yes. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it was number one overall. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, not See, saying it's, it's that great, but it's like, it's still, it's 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 good. Okay. Yeah. Is it le- is, so it's it like good. Shazam level of It's like, better than it, Shazam. Wow. Yeah. I really like Shazam. Yeah. I didn't love Shazam. Really? Yeah. I didn't love uh, it. But the most important thing, though, Greg, most important thing, we have a quote from Vin Diesel. In an interview. All right, let me give it to you, all right? Please do. I started planning for Fast 10 before we started filming Fast 9. Very much so. The universe is so robust and so rich with talent and rich with story that, on one level, it's totally feasible to have spinoffs, and I think that's something that is inevitable. Universal deserves it because of how much they've invested in this little saga, and it'd be good to give back to Universal. And for the fans, (laughs) should Fast Fast 10 parts 1 and 2 be the conclusion, it would be nice for this world to continue for generations to come. I like how Did he's you like, hear that last bit that I just in said? Generations to come. No. Fast 10, parts one and two. <laughs> I, I was more hung up on his, like, we owe it to Universal. <laughs> Not the fucking fans. We owe it to the people who write the checks. We got to keep making these movies. Fast 10, parts one and two. I love this fucking franchise. Do you think in, this is going to be their Avengers thing, and they're just going to ape it, and mm-hmm. they're going to go back in time, and they're going to save Gal, they're going to bring Gal back? Uh, I don't think it'll be quite that, but I think everyone will be. Everyone is here. Super Smash Brothers. Holy shit. So you bring them back to video games. Fast yeah. Furious Crossroads coming in May. Man, you video said a games. lot of words about that. But speaking of video games, let's talk about Dan Hauser leaving Rockstar, <laughs> PlayStation closing a first-party studio, and more, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every week, Dan, a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show, patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, where you can submit your questions, your PSN name, your Xbox name, your stadium name, whatever, to squad up with friends and oh so much more. Of course, on Patreon, you can get the show ad-free. You can get the show with its exclusive post-show. But if you have no bucks to toss our way, no big deal. Head over to youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, and podcast services around the globe each and every weekday. To get a brand new episode of the show. Uh, housekeeping for you. Now, here's what I want you to know. I'm about to go on cable television. Mm-hmm. About to fucking just destroy and murder Xavier Woods Eviscerate. in front of Booker T and Christian. You know what I mean? Drew McIntyre. Um, I'm not going to say you got in my head. But you got in my head, all right? Because I did the show, P.S. I Love You, XOXO. Of course, Breakout Success. Everybody watch it. With Blessing. And I read Andy's little housekeeping. Where it says, use Epic Esports announcer voice. 
And Blessing said, I did good, but you did better. Mm. So I need to hear you do it. I'm so just, for the rest of the week, I can do and it. And I'm just saying, yesterday, I also brought the heat, but Blessing wouldn't fucking admit it. But everybody in chat was like, yo, Barrett brought that heat. So I'm just saying. Uh, you got it. It's yeah, you got off. it. Yeah, it's you just blessed that, you know, trying to get my little head. throat. He's trying to separate us all. You know what? I don't like it one bit. Fuck him. Holy shit. You know what I mean? Is he bacon guy? He's dude. He's he's oh, my God. Oh it's my God. kind of funny Civil War. We didn't see it coming. <laughs> Dallas, Fort Worth, Arlington, are you ready to get locked and loaded? Andrew, a- damn it, Andy, <laughs> Nitro Rifle Cortez will be in town February 8th and 9th for the opening day of Overwatch League Season 3. There will be panels, activities, meet and greets, and much more. Buy your tickets now at DallasFuel.com and get ready to burn blue. Blue, blue, blue. That's good. See? Why oh, increase up. there? I increased. My first time, I thought, oh, eSports voice. I'm thinking of Golden Boy. I mm-hmm. just did that. Mm-hmm. And that's when Bless is like, no, Tim did it better. I appreciate that. Thank you, Bless. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're streaming Dreams with Media Molecule this Friday, twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames, 2 p.m. Pacific. Of course, it'll go live later, youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames. Uh, thank you to our Patreon producers for the month, the nanobiologist, Frank Furter, Blackjack, Patrick Higgins, Mohammed Mohammed, Katie Galker, Joe Beezer, Ginny, Dom Dom, Drew Garnier, uh, and Travis. Damn it, Gajowski. Yeah, Gajowski. He wrote. He wrote in the day of explaining it. And let me tell you, there's no worse way to try to get me to say your name right is to say it once in like Twitch chat. When I'm not gonna remember that three days later. Yeah. Email me again, Travis, how to spell your name or say your name. Then I'll put a little sticky right here, and I won't screw it up the rest of the month. Jk. Today we're brought to you by Manscaped, Brooklyn, and Raid Shadow Legends. But I'll tell you about that later. For now. Let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Time for some news. Four items on the Roper Report. A baker's dozen. One heard round the world yesterday, ladies and gentlemen. Dan Hauser is leaving Rockstar. We'll read from Matt Kim's article on IGN.com. Dan Hauser. The co-founder of Rockstar Games and head writer on games like Bully, Red Dead Redemption, and Grand Theft Auto is leaving Rockstar in Take-Two Games. According to Take-Two Interactive, the parent company of Rockstar Games, Dan Hauser will be leaving the company on March 11, 2020. He previously worked on numerous GTA games, as well as Red Dead Redemption 1 and 2. In a statement published ahead of the company's Q3 2020 financial report, Take-Two said, quote, We are extremely grateful for his contributions. Rockstar Games has built some of the most critically acclaimed and commercially successful game worlds, a global community of passionate fans, and an incredibly talented team which remains focused on current and future projects, end quote. Hauser already took an extended break that began in the spring of 2019 after the launch of Red Dead Redemption 2 in November 2018. Dan, along with his brother Sam Hauser, were executives at BMG Interactive before it was acquired by Take-Two. The Hauser brothers founded Rockstar Games under Take-Two in December 1998. At Rockstar, the brothers wrote and developed games like GTA and Red Dead, but also Bully, Midnight Club Los Angeles, Midnight and Club. Smuggler's Fucking Run, baby. PS2 launch game. Launch title. Whoop, whoop. Hauser is credited as a writer on most of the Grand Theft Auto games, from Grand Theft Auto 2 to Grand Theft Auto 5, as well as head writer on Bully, Red Dead Redemption, Max Payne 3, and Red Dead Redemption 2. In a 2018 interview with GQ, Hauser briefly talked about the challenge of writing Grand Theft Auto 6 in today's climate. Quote, It's really unclear what we would even do with GTA 6, let alone how upset people would get with whatever we did, said Hauser. Both intense liberal progression and intense conservatism are both very militant and very angry. Then IGN had an update. A Rockstar Games spokesperson has added a comment regarding the news of Dan Hauser's departure. The company didn't address Hauser's departure directly, but reiterated that Sam Hauser, Dan's brother, and a co-founder at Rockstar Games is still at the company. In a statement to IGN, a Rockstar Games spokesperson said, quote, Sam Hauser's role with Rockstar Games, which he founded in 1998, remains unchanged. Sam and the team remain focused on current and future projects. Timothy Geddes. Yes. Can you believe it, sucker? I, I cannot believe it, sucker. Um, I it, what does it say about the the climate of today? He's talking here about like the the liberalism and conservatism. Yeah. What does it say to me about it's like what did he do? Did he do some bad stuff? Is he choosing to leave? I I sincerely doubt he did personally. Yeah, I don't with know this, that with this type of sign off. It doesn't seem that way. It just sucks that that's the first thing my head goes to. Totally right. Yeah. 
This one makes sense to me, though. Like, I don't think that... I saw somebody in your wrong say, uh, try to correct... I guess it was you guys. No, it was Imran in uh, Bless yesterday, right? Try to uh, correct, I guess, at some point yesterday, they talked about uh, Sean Layden leaving PlayStation. And somebody in there was like, he said he was going to retire. He clearly just retired. That's not how you retire. Yeah. Sean Layden did not peacefully retire, and the way they sent him out was with a tweet. Yeah. No, Mm-mm. that's not how Sean Layden, the face of PlayStation, would have left the company. Something happened there. I don't know what. Hauser, however, is a recluse. Like, the Hauser brothers are so rare. I, I this, crazily enough, had a chance in 2012 to go to New York and interview Dan Hauser, right? And, like, this is on IGN still, obviously. Dan, Dan, Dan Hauser talks about Grand Theft Auto 3. I think I, we busted a bunch of different things, right? But, like, in a rare interview, Rockstar's Dan Hauser reveals the stories behind the making of GTA 3 and his personal experience to the controversies that followed. My opening is this. Dan Hauser, har- I'm sorry, Dan Hauser hardly ever gives interviews. Thankfully, when he does, he's happy to do the talking. He and his brother Sam could have been like, move on like that. Like, I remember that being a full stop. Like, everyone in the office stopped working when yeah. it was like, we're getting an interview with Dan Hauser because that doesn't happen. And so, for someone to be that behind the scenes and shy away from the spotlight that much as him and Sam do, it doesn't surprise me that the reveal that he's leaving the company happened in an earnings report because it had to. Yeah. I'm sure in a perfect world, they would love to never say anything and he just goes. Yeah. And I don't mean that to be like they're trying to hide the dirty laundry as much as like, him and Sam just don't want this limelight that way. They want the games to speak for themselves. It's the reason that it's so rare you hear something from the inside of Rockstar because they are very much, we are a brand. It's a brand you're talking about, not the people who make the games. It's the brand Rockstar, which is one of the reasons I know that they've gotten into so much trouble before with crunch and uh, toxic work environments and stuff like that yeah. because that's not how most people want to exist yeah, <laughs> and totally. have like the gun to their head to work and do all these things and then not have an opinion on anything and be vetted a million times and all the horror stories we've heard before. Yeah, yeah, it's just crazy that our industry has evolved enough and grown enough that the, these things are going to happen and these things have been happening, right? Reggie leaving, like that's that's right. crazy, yeah, yeah. right? And it's I feel like now we're just getting to a point where it's like there there are more and more names that people know and can associate, or at least the brand, where it's like, oh, this guy leaving Rockstar, even if you don't know Dan Hauser, you understand that that's a big deal. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, you understand the legacy there and what they've built, right? But, like, going through all the games, it's like, he's been in this game for a long time. And it's all the games that made Rockstar Rockstar. Absolutely. Right, I mean, that's the thing, again, he's credit for the writer, on, he, as a writer on most of the Grand Theft Auto games from Grand Theft Auto 2 to 5, as well as head writer on Bully, Red Dead Redemption, Max Payne 3, and Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah, I mean, like, those, are, those are the games, man. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's the kind of stuff you're going to talk about. So the question becomes then, Tim, what does this mean to you and what does this mean to GTA 6 and what does this mean to Rockstar going forward? I mean, you you got to hope that it, it what they they practice what they preach there and it is about the brand if that's the, what they're talking about. And like mm-hmm. That's how they've built their brand is that they can survive without that type of voice and hopefully that voice has educated the others enough that that voice still exists within the company. Yeah. I got to imagine that's the case, you know? It's like unless this was like a, a bad split, a bad situation, which it doesn't seem to be, I feel like the... The work on GTA 6 has already been done in sure. terms of yeah, yeah, that game's planning, in terms of understanding way. what that game is, locations, uh, setting, like time and all that stuff. Like I, I'm, I guarantee that stuff's locked in. It's probably much further along than that. And I'm sure that he's already kind of pushed things along for the, the roles he's had in the previous games. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that my, I wonder how much of his fingerprint is on those games. You know what I mean? Even talking to this, you know, this 2018 interview, right, where he's like, what the hell would GTA 6 be? So... GTA 6 would have been being worked on at that point. Mm-hmm. And granted, I, you talk to any video game developer, right? Corey's like, I don't know. Will, will there be a God of War 2? Yeah. Oh, I mean, totally. This, to me, reads like, hey, it's it's difficult. We're doing some shit. <laughs> but I wonder even if you know he had already stepped back and he, maybe he was just working on Red Dead Redemption 2 and it was somebody else who's head writer then on uh, GTA 6 and what they're making and what they're envisioning. And then, of course, there's all these little wrinkles to it, right, of... There had been rumors we had heard, right, that Take-Two Interactive was leaning down on Rockstar saying we, they wanted more games quicker. Mm-hmm. And you wonder, is that part of this? Was it, you know, after Red Dead, he takes this sabbatical, he comes back, that's still... Uh, you imagine that would have already been in the water beforehand, way before we ever heard anything about it, that Take-Two's like, hey, it'd be great if we could get back to how it used to be, where, remember, it was GTA 3, then GTA Vice City, then GTA San Andreas, and we were putting out multiple Grand Theft Autos on one console generation, right? Um... You wonder if that was happening before the hard work on Red Dead, then the, I need to take a chill pill and figure out what I want to do with my life, come back, and it's still the same thing, if not worse. It yeah. may be even, and, I, and, I, and I'm not trying to speculate bad stuff, but maybe it is a disagreement where 
Dan is very much like, no, this is entrenched and we need to space these out. And Sam's like, well, we could make more money too, or we should make more games, yeah. or we should listen to the parent company. Rockstar are, it's in the name. Like, they, they're they so unique in the sense that they're just like, I feel like Take Two could say whatever the hell they want. Yeah. It's like, sure. it, it's a unique situation where it's not like, you know, EA, where they're just like, hey, we need everyone under us to do X, Y, and Z, and the, yeah. they have to jump through those hoops, and they have to do those things. Rockstar can kind of just be like, just leave us the fuck alone. And, like, the money's there, right? Yeah. I, I don't ever see Rockstar getting back to a point where they're pumping out titles, even though Take-Two would want them. Of course, you want your cake, you want to eat it, too. I never really understood that phrase, by the way. But The idea would be that you, you want your cake, you want, you want your cake and you want to eat it, too? Yeah. The idea would be that you want this beautiful cake, but then you also want to eat it. You got can't have you it both ways. It's either got to be beautiful cake. or you got to eat it. I was always like, once you have the cake, you can eat it. I don't get it. Yeah. But You're cool. th- think got of the it. whole cake. You already have the cake. It's not you're trying to get the cake. Right. Makes sense. It's like Makes you can, sense. I'll do it in words you can understand. Yes. It's like you have a beautifully wrapped Gordo's burrito, mm-hmm. but you want to eat it too. See what I mean? Because you'd have to unwrap it then to eat it. See? Uh, there you go. There you go. All right. That didn't work. Sorry. Yeah. It's like you have a full. S- no, nah, Bachelor doesn't work. Question. Yeah. What does this mean for the possibilities of, or lack of possibilities for Bully 2? And I know it's not re- really related to what's going on here, especially with your guys' conversation. My argument. I just want fucking Bully 2. I hear you, and I want Bully 2 as well. Or just, and I don't mean Bully Remastered, I mean a new Bully. We could yeah. just restart Bully at yeah. this point and give, give a new protagonist. New character. Yeah, right. Shit, yeah. Not have to call Bully 2. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to say, obviously, because the argument would be here that if it is at all related to Take 2 wanting more games and there being a a disagreement at the top between the Hauser brothers, then Dan leaving, you would think, if, and again, we're totally out on the ledge here, nobody, most people don't know what the fuck happens at Rockstar, right? And when you do, it's super off the record. Uh, We don't know what's going on if if Dan was in in any way standing in the way of that, standing up, being being the Captain America, I'm the tree thing, but like, Rockstar does have multiple studios that are working on stuff all the time. And Mm -hmm. so if it was... Let's make more games. You, you know, San Diego, you're done with Red Dead 2. Great. Move on to Bully. I don't know if that's right. You know, GTA uh, 6 is happening over across the pond. Like, let's get people moving on these different games and shorten the scopes, move them around. Bully doesn't need to be the giant, sprawling Los Santos or uh, San Andreas open world, right? Like, yeah. you don't need that. That's a game you could turn around quicker. Yeah. I would think that the more... If the argument, Barrett, becomes this. The more shakeups you have of the entrenched leadership at Rockstar or any developer for that point, the more chance there is for radical change. And it would be a radical change to see Rockstar suddenly be like, yep, we're doing all these games. We're putting out all this content. We're making these games happen. You're going to get a game from Rockstar every two years, three years, right? Yeah. Because we're running on different studios, a different cycle, this, that, and the other. Him leaving, I think, I'm not going to say makes it better chance that Bully 2 happens or something to that effect, but I think it's definitely... A better chance for better it chance to be a different rock star. Thing. Yeah, that's true. I, I, if I had to guess, I don't think we're ever going to see that type of thing. I think that Rockstar will always be on some type of like closer to four year cycle between games, and I think those games are going to be GTA and Red Dead. It's like the, the industry. <laughs> what's up? What do we got? It's rare that somebody gets me. In, in you're wrong. Of course, if you're watching live, kind of slash you're wrong. Tell me what we screwed up. We screwed up. Brian writes in and says, Tim, it's like this. It's like you don't want surgery, but you don't want to be Greg's doppelganger. <laughs> That's it, the perfect one, right? There, there you go. Um, I will eat that. Eat that cake. Eat that cake. Um, I, I just think that the industry has changed so much. Like, you know, there was a day where we got Midnight Club and Smuggler's Run and Bully and uh, on top of Max Payne. And on top of that, GTA 3 by City San Andreas. Yeah. You look at the square side of things. It's like we had Final Fantasy 7, 8, and 9 on the PlayStation 1. What? Think about that, right? Things change. Scope of games change. The way games make money changes. And I think that that's the thing that Rockstar has nailed down um, with Grand Theft Auto and Grand Theft Auto Online. Of course. That I think that 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 changes the business model where it's like at some point it's not about just putting out more titles. It is just about figuring out how to get even more money out of the thing that's already making money. Yeah, and that's that's another thing not to ignore, obviously, is that I don't think it's as easy as – Oh, well, 2K wants more titles. They want more, obviously, thoroughbreds that are winning these giant horse races that are winning all this money. But, yeah, the industry has changed, and the yeah. scope of games has changed, and the complexity of games has changed. So it is way diff- more difficult. But even if it was, like, 2K wants to finance more Rocksteady, or Rocksteady Rockstar Studios, right? They yeah. need that, too. I mean, that's the thing is they have enough money to kind of have that fun. And I, and I feel like you're talking about the leadership changes needing like needing to happen in order for um, the kind of, like, vision of what Rockstar is to change. Mm -hmm. That's absolutely correct. I also just think that in the the same way, like, it would require one of them to be like, you know what? 
I want to take some of this money to fund a new studio to work on a smaller title like Bully. Because like I care that much about just making it happen. I don't think they're doing that to make money. I think they're doing that. And obviously, it's a business. Everything's to make money. But that would be a real passion thing of like, I believe in this project and I just want it, I want to get it done. And we have the means to get it done. So let's do it. But I don't see that happening because they have these things. They, they, they crack the code. They know how to make money in, with games that people love. It's like Grand Theft Auto and uh, Red Dead are perfect examples of it's not just games that make money. They're games that are amazing. Yeah, and it's just like there. It's it's an example of when you put the passion, when all the things line up correctly, you really get magic there, and that's the magic that everyone else is chasing. When you have that, don't go back to what the other guys are doing. Hundred percent. We'll see. Yeah, they've changed the way I think people want to monetize and do things in their games, right? Yeah. Um, Jason Schreier had a really interesting uh, tweet about this I wanted to include, too. Uh, Schreier today tweeted, I don't know, parentheses, and don't want to speculate what Dan Hauser's departure will mean for GTA 6 or other games. I'm way more interested in how it'll impact Rockstar's culture, which, from what I've heard, has been rapidly improving since reports from Kotaku and others in October 2018. That's so that was news. interesting, yeah, because remember, of course, back in 2018, uh, Inside Rockstar's game's culture, uh, culture of Crunch, which is one of the first big breakout, hey, Crunch is... is not something to be celebrated, it, and I shouldn't say that we knew that, but it was one of the giant. Hey, this is we didn't Rockstar. know that. I, I think that that was a big turning point of being people being like, "Hey, you need to look at this different," because people are celebrating. Like, look how hard we work. Yeah, and it's like then people are like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" There's a there's a problem here. You know, like you're being you're being like beaten down into a place where like you're celebrating the thing that is breaking you. And that's a really interesting one for me too, because I think. And I think still having Sam there, and I don't know, and I don't know any. I interviewed Dan Hauser once. I don't know anybody from Adam in this situation, but having Sam there, if if it's the Hauser brothers, if it's coming from the top on what the culture is of you know, like it was you know Dan and the infamous uh, New York Times, I think article right where it was. Uh, Hey, yeah, you know, we work we've been working some hundred hour work weeks or whatever as the writers. That's what we were talking about about Crunch, right? Where it's one of those things of. With him being a co-founder of the company, him being like this huge name, he is Rockstar Games. It's always it doesn't have to be that your boss is coming out saying, "Hey, we're all working hundred hours work. You're you're not allowed to leave. What are you fucking doing?" It's more of if you see your boss working that hard, are you gonna? How do you feel when you get up at six and you walk past his office to go to the front door? That was the thing we had talked about, right? Where how murky and muddy the waters of crunch are, and there plenty are, and I don't know if Rockstar is one of them. There are plenty of people that do you know mandate crunch and make sure you're doing it, but. That's the argument of like, yeah, what does this do to the company culture then? Yeah. If there was a problem, he was part of it. If him leaving, does that open up space for it? Frank Furter, though, writes into patreon.com slash games with a different question. Good morning, Greg and Tim. Dan Hauser is leaving Rockstar. While we don't know what he, why he is leaving yet, it's still a shock that he's leaving something so giant and beloved as Rockstar. His contributions were amazing to the company, and it makes me question if he, if he is actually done with video games or is he going to move on to something new. Initial thoughts would say no, since he already founded one of the biggest devs out there, but he did take a long break after Red Dead Redemption 2 came out, which leads me to think it was due to crunch. Will we see Dan Hauser again? And if so, what do you think he'll do? Dan's out. Yeah. This, this is how you go out. Totally. It is in the sense of like you... You would need to have the next thing lined up. That would need to be a big part of it, whatever, if it was on his terms and how things are going. Yeah, no. I think I think this is the retirement plan. I think, yeah, exactly. He's done so much for, with that since 1998, right, founding Rockstar, and has no, and I'm not even trying to be rude about it, but has made so much money. What's the impetus to work there? And I, I think you can actually compare him to Cliff, Cliff Blazinski, right, who has come, what, left video games, came out of retirement to do Boss Key, then has gone back into retirement. Cliff Blazinski will make another video game. And I think it's because... That is intrinsically Cliff, where he does want to be on a stage talking about his game. He does want to share these creations. He does want to be out there doing that. I think Dan wants that to some level. Maybe even he could just be – I would, I would be more sp- in, in, in thinking if he's going to do anything, he's going to keep writing. And what that means and what that looks like, I don't know if it's yeah. a game, a movie, or a screenplay, something he just puts in a desk drawer. I see that being his outlet more than him ever getting back into games this way. I just think those are the two – and again, you talk about Dan Hauser, who I think, while – we're throwing that name around while you listen to this podcast. Understand that everybody, uh, so many other people have no idea who the fuck Dan Hauser is. Yeah. I could put up so many photos of random white dudes or any dudes probably and be like, is this Dan Hauser? It'd be hard for a lot of people to figure it out, I guess. You know, yeah, or I definitely. bet, right? And so, yeah, I, I think he's gone, gone, but it's whatever he wants to do. You know what I mean? But I mm-hmm. don't think he's coming back. Yeah. 
Uh, number two on the Roper report, sad news. PlayStation has closed Manchester VR Studio. This is Christopher Dring over GamesIndustry.biz. Uh, PlayStation will close its Manchester Games Studio. The firm confirmed to... That's funny. The firm confirmed to GamesIndustry.biz that it intends to, cl to close it as part of our efforts to improve efficiency and oper operational effectiveness. We understand the entire studio has been made redundant. Sony's Manchester team was formed to create VR games back in 2015. The firm had been working on an unannounced VR project. It is the third UK studio PlayStation has closed over the course of this generation, with Guerrilla Cambridge closing in 2017 and Evolution in 2016. Both studios had also worked on PlayStation VR projects before being closed. The UK, I'm sorry, the platform holder still operates two first-party development studios in the UK, namely Dreams Developer, Media Molecule, and Blood and Truth Creators, London Studio. Tim? Yeah. What's it mean? I think this is just the way the cookie crumbles on some stuff, and we're le ending this generation. PlayStation VR did what it did, which I think is successful. Yeah. Like, they, they kind of put out enough titles, and I think that moving into PlayStation 5, I think this is a, a sign of a direction that might not be as focused on PlayStation VR, um, but I also think that it's just a sign that they understand what PlayStation VR is, and they don't need this many teams working on stuff. They need a little bit less. Let's put out more quality titles that are less, less amount of higher quality titles focus on them, and then try to just get things ported over instead of focusing on yeah. first-party titles from the VR perspective. Weakest chimes in with the question I think we're already kind of answering, so I want to get in here. PlayStation, or no, sorry, patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Uh, what's up, Greg and Sam? PlayStation is closing their Manchester VR studio they created in 2015 without them releasing a single game. Could this be a bad sign for the future of PlayStation VR? I'm hesitant to throw the baby out with the bathwater on this and say it's a bad sign for PlayStation VR. I do think that the fact that Hey, 2015, start this, get working on a VR project, and you never ship anything. That speaks more to what was going on with that game in that studio. Yeah. Where whoever the people hired and the studio heads and the creative directors you brought in never were able to find the fun in that. And so, like we always talk about, whenever I, I do talk about Media Molecule, right, and how much Dreams has cost, there's that cost-benefit analysis. And so at some point, you look at this, and you're like, these are all sunk costs, and this game isn't it, and... We don't think you're going to get anywhere with it. So even to stop it, start pre-production, I mean, like, it, it, we would have think, what, it's 2020 now? This all went wrong last year. So let's say it's going to take you another two years to get another game out, right? You're going to go that far into you. We're going to go into 2021. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Studio founded in uh, 2015. We're going to commit that much time to see what you... No, let, let's well, Especially just not with this. the, uh, I mean, at least publicly, an uncertain future of what PlayStation VR looks like with PlayStation yeah. 5. Like, if you're starting to work on a game now, it's like, I don't know, what is that? You know, I, I do you think that they're working on PlayStation VR titles that are PlayStation 5 VR titles? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I, well, I think it's going to be the same idea that we've had before where, uh, yes, let me, let me just get out of that. Yes, they are working on PlayStation 5 titles that are PlayStation VR titles, yes. I think PlayStation VR 2 is well into development. I think you'll see it probably what? 2021 or reveal 2022 or release i think mm. i think uh vr even though it is not the gangbusters uh movement so many uh, venture capitalists and angel investors wanted it to be when it seemed like it was going to be i think you are seeing more and more advancement there cooler and cooler games there an audience that is growing and i think now that the quest is hitting mm -hmm. i think there's even a bigger market there for that which benefits everybody yeah. and i do think that half-life alex if it is a true Valve game and is revolutionary. Is going to bring even more people into that VR space in a way that I think PlayStation has is, has done so great. And I know I'll keep it short because I say it all the time, but they've done such a great job of having this little fire, right? And understanding from the beginning it was going to be a little fire that we hope grows really, really big. They've kept feeding it. And to your point and my point too of how long this has taken, this might not be the best way to feed it. Mm -hmm. A studio designed unto itself to do this isn't the proper way to do this. And when I say that, I then immediately look at what they're doing with Iron Man VR, a title I can't wait for, one of my most anticipated games of 2020 when I played it at uh, that, the reveal event for the Gamescom, I think it was. Incredible. Had so much fun with it, right? And that's obviously a partnership with Marvel Games, who is then doing what Marvel Games does so well and reaching out to a partner. It is not the old school, uh, hey, let's, we're Disney, let's make a bunch of Disney-owned and operated video game studios to then make the games. No, that takes too long to build a studio culture, get the training wheels off, hire up a staff, get office space. Fuck that. 
there are a million amazing independent third-party developers, and I don't mean indie like tiny garage people, even though they're amazing too, and many people should get those titles too. Take your IP to them. So now, yes, I'd much rather personally see Rather than PlayStation continue to sink money into Sony Manchester and it not be there and not be there and eventually get something that isn't that great, like what you know they talk about, of course, uh, Cambridge going out, right? Cambridge, of course, did uh, kills on mercenary on Vita, a great game, but of course it's on Vita. What are you gonna do? And then Riggs combat of uh, the Riggs, uh, the the you know the game you're running around throwing the ball. I didn't like Riggs, right? And so it's that thing of I don't know what they were working on afterwards. I don't. You had two games that don't sell well. Now, granted, that's because you've put them into these. Hey, we're doing this. Think about how much money it takes for PlayStation to invest in a new studio, an unproven studio, to make this thing and do this thing and keep everybody employed, keep everybody in health and care, blah, blah, blah. Fuck that. There's all these other studios out there that will do these projects for you. Let yeah. them pitch you on amazing VR titles, that you, or even great VR titles, that you then go, oh, man, this is awesome. Yeah, let's. all right, cool. We're going to do this. We're going to pay for this project. While you work on another project, while you do whatever yeah, for Nintendo, totally. and then we can do it this way and reap the benefit that way. I think you bringing up the Quest is uh, really interesting, too, because I think it, it goes to the point of it's not about exclusives necessarily when it comes to VR, especially with PlayStation VR. It is about getting titles, the, getting the hit titles, the VR hit titles that people want. Yeah. There are the exclusives that are going to be key always. Exclusives do matter. But I think for VR, it is... Uh, PlayStation VR is not about getting VR enthusiasts in on a new VR hardware in the same way that a console might be trying to get you on... A, a game's going to get you on a new console, right? Yeah. So it's like them having Iron Man, that's huge, right? Them having uh, like Astrobot and stuff like that. Like yeah. that, that, though, that is very important to the PlayStation ecosystem. But I think that they need more Beat Sabers. They need more games that are already being talked about and already being praised elsewhere, being brought over. Half-Life would be a great example, yeah. right? And that's the thing is I think timed exclusives are the way you work around this. And again, yeah. while you build this ecosystem of VR, which is going to be a struggle and is going to be an uphill battle, right? You see that happen where, all right, cool. Moss is a, you know, from Polyarch is a timed exclusive for PlayStation VR. When that exclusive expired, it went everywhere, which is great for Moss, great for Polyarch, an independent studio that can then go do a million different things and great for PlayStation that they had it in the same way, right? Of like Half-Life Alex, right? Not coming to PlayStation VR. They've said that it's not coming at launch or anything Mm -hmm. like that. Like, but I 1000% believe that in a few years, it's going to be on PlayStation VR. Because again, why not? If you have a, a bunch of people with headsets out there, you want the game on there. Totally. Especially with PlayStation VR. 5. VR is in the state where it needs all the help it can get from each other. They, all the VR people need to work together mm-hmm. in order to mm-hmm. prove the platform, in order to get enough units out there to make it worth even making more games. To Because you need a certain user base to sell to, right? Right. So, yeah. I, this, this is sad, but it makes sense. And it, I especially think when you're looking at Sony's PlayStation VR lineup. It's like, and that's my thing is where I don't want. I don't think it's fair to look at it and be like, all right, cool. So they they closed uh, uh, Cambridge. They closed uh, Evolution. Now they've closed Manchester. Right? What do these all have in common? VR. They don't believe in VR. It's not that they don't believe in VR. They don't believe in the current business model they have for exactly. VR, where it doesn't make sense to invest in a studio for five years to try to get one game that doesn't work when you could turn to a partner. And that's the thing. Let's say like. Let's say, and I don't believe we're there or anything to this. This is not reading the lines thing. Look at Iron Man VR and Camouflage, right? And granted, that's a Marvel Games thing, so even that's a wishy-washy example. But stick with me. Whatever PlayStation's doing, paying to get that exclusivity, right? If that game suddenly goes away, it doesn't work, it never ships, it's broken, it gets can Camouflage closes, Ryan Payton's like, ah, I gotcha, it was all fucking me. You were just watching me. There was no game at all. Uh, right, so how many thou- hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars is PlayStation out? Sure, that sucks, right? And I'm sure there's legal battles for it. But like, how many millions of dollars did they spend for five years of Sony Manchester to try yeah. to keep this going? And that's, I think, a very interesting future for an unproven thing. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I think for PlayStation to buy first parties like Insomniac and have them come in and start making Spider-Man Two or whatever giant PlayStation Five title you're going to get from them, or you know, Naughty Dog who's been bought forever. But yeah. you know what I mean? That's a different ball of wax because those are proven. The systems are out there. They're going to make money. I mean, I, I think that the, it's it's less that it's unproven. It's more that it is proven. It's proven to be at this level. Yeah. And so there yeah, needs yeah. to be an understanding of what does this level get us? Like what? How much do we need to invest in this? And what can we take out of it? At what point the does ROI. that not? Yeah. What's the ROI? Like where there is that not adding up? And that's where they need to to kind of like make some changes. I think this is exactly that. This is them looking at it like, hey, it's not that this is failing. It's that it succeeds at this level. We can't invest X amount more. Yeah. Okay. Number three on the Rupper Report. Xbox's Phil Spencer says Amazon and Google are the competition. 
This is Tom Warren at The Verge. Microsoft's head of gaming and Xbox, Phil Spencer, has revealed that the company sees Amazon and Google as its main competition for the future. Speaking in an, speaking in an interview with newly launched technology publication Protocol, Spencer dismisses Sony and Nintendo's ability to create a cloud infrastructure that will challenge Microsoft, Google, or Amazon. Quote, when you talk about Nintendo and Sony, we have a ton of respect for them, but we see Amazon and Google as the main competitors going forward, says Spencer. Uh, that's not to disrespect Nintendo and Sony, but the traditional gaming companies are somewhat out of position. I guess they could try to recreate Azure, or it's a Azure, Azure, Azure. Uh, but we've invested tens of billions of dollars into the cloud over the years. Uh, Spencer has previously discussed the threat of Amazon and Google as competitors, but not in such clear terms. Uh, he has also previously stated that Microsoft's gaming business, quote, isn't how many consoles you sell. And he acknowledges that further by noting that Microsoft isn't interested in getting into a future format war with Nintendo or Sony. Quote, I don't want to be in a fight over form format wars with those guys while Amazon and Google are focusing on how to get gaming to 7 billion people around the world, says Spencer of the Protocol interview. Ultimately, that's the goal. That means Microsoft is getting ready for, a, for future console wars that will take place in data centers, and it's ready to partner with co competitors that can also use Azure. Did I say it right, Azure? Azure. Azure, fuck me. God damn. Microsoft partnered with Sony last year, and the pair appears to be ready to host Sony services on Azure. Huh? Azure. Azure, fuck. <laughs> so it's like sure, right? That's it. So it's Azure. It's more French. Azure. That's some French. Azure. Well, um, not too much French. Azure. A little less French. Oui, <laughs> cigarette. Uh, in the future. Tim. Yes. Does this surprise you? Um, no. You know what? A little, little bit of a tangent, but it, it fits in this. I'm sure you got I've to... been thinking a lot about ecosystems lately. I know we've been dropping that term a lot. I feel like it's the buzzword when it comes to talking about next generation, especially when you're talking about Xbox, right? Mm -hmm. Recently, you got this MacBook. Um, I and love it. you now fit fully in the Apple ecosystem. You see these motherfuckers on Reddit trying to say I was talking shit about MacBooks? I don't remember this. I've always loved I, I did see that. I did see did that. Did I ever do that? No. Sounds like something you do. No, Greg doesn't. Well, I loved my Mac he in talks college. Shit, he talks shit about computers in general. Oh, yeah. I hate yeah, computers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, no, no. no. You, were, you were a Mac boy for okay. sure. But, but you now being completely in this Apple ecosystem with the phone, the watch, the iPad. I can text uh, anybody I want right now. I don't have to listen to you. And there and it is. This, look. And it's like it's these little Dan features. Dan Riker, what do you want to say? These little features that allow. You know, that, that much more satisfaction for the products as a whole, for all of the products. I mean, that enhances every single element of what you have, right? Yeah. I, uh, at the place that I moved into recently, have had to make the decision of what home, like what smart home thing am I going with? Am I going with Google or am I going with Amazon? Yeah. Uh, the Alexa stuff or the Google Assistant, Google Home stuff. Who'd you go Nest with? And all that. I went with Google because I have a lot of Google things. Sure. that I, But I also am in the, <coughs> the Apple side of things when it comes to my phone and watch and stuff. And it's like, I don't get those luxuries of being able to, to text on my, my laptop, yeah, yeah. Um, which is Windows. But all of a sudden, this is, uh, you're making choices and you're investing in one side of the thing that gets you some luxuries and loses you others. Yeah. And that it's just an interesting thing where it's always been the case, but I feel like more and more it's becoming a, a thing where there are very small specific things that can to end up totaling thousands of dollars to sure. invest in to actually get that enhancement. But you're investing that and you're giving up on another one. And I think that we've seen this already happening where eventually everything kind of like turns to being the same. And we, we, we see all of them adapting the same kind of things. It was like, oh, well, that's nice. We're going to do it too, right? And you keep going. And I think that that's when, when you look at Xbox, they're building this ecosystem mm -hmm. that we've been talking mm -hmm. about of Game Pass, Xbox Live, um, the system itself. Like, are you playing with xCloud? Like, what's going on? All of this stuff, right? Yeah. Whereas PlayStation so far, they were the ones that kind of had the ecosystem to begin with with the PlayStation and the Vita. Right, Hell they yeah. just they just never, never committed forget. to that, never you know, and like with the remote play and with all that, there's like so much tantalizing ideas, but the execution not brought. Wasn't yeah, there. exactly. The execution is about to be here. At what point does Sony also go? Well, we need to have our thing. That if you're investing in this, whatever, is their thing PlayStation VR? I, it's just it's interesting to think about like how there are these different pockets and ecosystems, and it's impossible to invest in all of them to the utmost. Yeah, but you have to choose. It's really powerful when. Apple creates this thing where you are now on Apple because they make it better for you with every new thing that you get. Mm -hmm. And it's like Xbox is building that up. And this interview is, to me, perfectly encapsulating that where them talking about Amazon and Google, it's like they're not the competitors. Them talking about them being the competitors makes it the competitors. Yeah. This is such a bold, ballsy-ass thing. But we're not fighting with Nintendo and Sony. 
that means you're beating Nintendo and Sony just by saying it, just in people's minds, right? Sure. Going into the next gen, that's giving the, the layman that's going to see this randomly. It's also changing it. the conversation in an interesting way, which they need to, right? Where it's like, ah, who cares how many PlayStation 4s yeah. sold? They don't fucking Doesn't matter. That's, anyway. that's the thing, man. It's just, it's brilliant warfare in a war they're pretending mm. they're not in. Call of Duty, brilliant warfare. Uh, Bradley from Southeast Georgia writes in the patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like you can to get the show ad free and with the post show and get your questions read. Bradley from Southeast Georgia says, greetings, Greg and Tim. Concerning yesterday's conversation on PSI Love You XOXO about the PlayStation 5 launch exclusives and this morning's article on The Verge where Phil Spencer stated that Amazon and Google, not Sony and Nintendo, are Xbox's main competitors going forward, I want to just take a moment to state why I will never buy another Xbox console barring any major trajectory change in the future, of course. If I want to play... Horizon Zero Dawn 2, Breath of the Wild 2, or any other Sony or Nintendo exclusive, I have no other option than own those consoles. Those games are exclusive too. Microsoft, however, is a different story. Between access to Microsoft exclusives on PC and Project X Cloud, there's just no reason for me to own an Xbox for the foreseeable future. This seems to be fine with Microsoft as, according to Spencer in the article on The Verge, Microsoft's gaming business isn't how many consoles you sell. I'm probably not alone in thinking this, but I'm not the majority by any stretch. I don't think the need for an Xbox console is going to go I don't think that I don't think the need for an Xbox console is going away anytime soon. I just think that the need is going to be further reduced as time goes on. What do y'all think? I think the need for an Xbox console is going to go away very soon. Yeah. I, I think that that's like to to really kind of like encapsulate everything that I was saying a second ago is Microsoft is selling an ecosystem. That's what they're selling immediately. Everything you buy on top of that is just going to add and just going to make that ecosystem stronger and better. Yeah. It is not a thousand plus dollar investment. It is a what? Game Pass is a dollar or whatever it is that gets you in. And then at what point it goes up to what? $30, $60. It's like those small things. Then it's you buy the console if you're that much in it. And then you buy the whatever other things that they add. And it's all additive to just make an amazing experience for you. I don't. Microsoft clearly does not care. They understand that they don't, they're not going to have the exclusives to sell consoles in the way that traditional um, hardware and, and software have worked together. They're building something new. They're building a future. And like talking about Amazon and Google, they don't have those things either, yeah. right? That Microsoft is in such a unique place where it's like, guess what? They still do have Halo. Amazon doesn't. Google definitely doesn't. Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't think you're wrong. Uh, Bradley from Southeast Georgia, but again, I, I, I guess the best thing I can say, and I know that I say this all the time, I believe Phil Spencer when he speaks. I think there's so many different suits that could come out and say, ah, our play yeah, we're losing a PlayStation. Yeah, Nintendo's in front of we're not they're not our competition though. Yada yada yada. And I would be like, all right, fuck, I you're just you're losing. Yeah. He's not doing that. No, he's Phil winning. Phil Spencer and Xbox legitimately are like and, and I I don't mean it in terms of complexity, but I do mean it of like everybody else is playing checkers and they're playing chess. Like they're not, that sounds always like, that sounds like you're saying everybody else is babies. I mean, hey, I like checkers better than chess. I do too. Chess, too many rules. I understand what's happening. Uh, but it's the idea that they're playing a different game, period. Yeah. And I do think that as we move on in another five years, it's going to be really interesting to see if this yeah. all paid off because it is a gamble and it is a thing. Totally. But to your point, Bradley, of like, I don't need to own an Xbox console, right? You're saying the key word, right? Between access to Microsoft exclusives on PC and Project X Cloud, there's just no reason. They don't care. You've already stopped. Like, you're not saying you're never going to play a Microsoft yeah. game or, an X or use an Xbox service again. You're saying you won't buy the box. And they're like, totally fine. Subscribe to Game Pass, please. Use X Cloud, please. Do all these different things that, as you're saying, Tim, get you in the ecosystem. And this is what I was talking about on PSI Love You that I had a bunch of great conversations on Twitter with uh, a, a, few, a few best friends about. I was. I'm getting really hyped up on the coffee and the fact that they killed it on promo school. Um, I was talking on PS I Love You, Tim, about the fact that I think with Xbox launching with Halo Infinite and having, I mean, best case scenario, a killer app, if PlayStation doesn't launch with the Horizon, this really hurts them. Because I suddenly do believe that it's the idea that all of the people listening to these kind of podcasts, the people who are us, the hardcore gamers, right, we want to buy both systems, but... If you have a reason to delay buying one and get the other for a different reason, that's a great move. And if that's what's going to happen here, and everybody's going to come home with their Xbox Series X and put in Halo Infinite, and then suddenly, oh man, 
well, I'm here. I might as well. I, I, you probably are going to get three months of Game Pass free with it. You're probably going to xCloud will be up and running in some uh, what the beta is supposed to expand to your game library and uh, Game Pass this year. Yeah. I would not be shocked if it launches with Series X as well. If suddenly you turn on this box and it's what we're talking about with the Apple ecosystem, right? Of oh fuck, this is great and look at all this cool shit I'm doing. Oh oh well. All right, cool. Game Pass automatically renewed. I'll stick around longer. I'll do this more. Blah, 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 blah. And you're delaying the purchase of a PlayStation 5 or playing your PlayStation platform less or whatever. Suddenly, that's a that's a big tenor change for what's going on in the industry. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is part of their plan. That is, And again, I do think Phil Spencer isn't spinning bullshit here that, oh, cool, Halo Infinite, you're going to play it on your original Xbox One with your disconnected that's, connect? That's awesome. the gamble, man. Enjoy yourself. But I also think that if the Pro and, C- and Xbox One X taught us anything, it is the fact that people will shell out for the minor upgrade. If it is that you start up Halo Infinite and holy shit, you love this game and it doesn't look as good as you know it could look on your 4K TV, I do believe you'll go out and buy. Not everybody. Not everybody yeah, has that no, kind of Not everyone has that mean, the means, whatever, but also they don't need that. They need the people that want that. And, I, and again, it's the ecosystem. You're selling the ecosystem to then upsell them later. And that is the best position to be in, and that was impossible before. It is only possible now where people understand what that means. And even then, I think that there's still some education necessary. I think that Xbox oh, yeah. is going to have to be be real, real concise about what Xbox is. And I think that the, the, they know. They're already building all this stuff. Like They've said so much, and they've also said so little when it comes to said the right things. Let's, yeah, let's put the Xbox Series X out there, and let's get everyone confused about the, the title. Let's have all these headlines about, like, why would they call it that? This is confusing, whatever, whatever, whatever. Whatever. They're leaving out all the other parts of that, right? Like, there's, baby. Ser- exactly. Like, but they they need to have the one thing of like, it's Xbox. This is what Xbox is. Get rid of X Cloud as an even idea of a title. Just it's explain how that is a function of an Xbox, right? Yeah, that's all you got to do. The Xbox ecosystem coming soon. Two glasses near you. Still want smart glasses. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't. You don't, but I do. I definitely don't. I definitely do. You know what I mean? <laughs> almost bought those Alexa glasses, and I was like, oh, well, these kind of suck. Yeah. Because it would just be Alexa. Order me toilet paper. Sorry for everybody's Alexa I just sent off. Alexa, order me a dildo. You know what I mean? How big? Got him. Uh, number four. This is just for Tim, because I knew you are on the show okay, today. Cool. Uh, Steven Totillo over at Kotaku did an interview with the guys behind Luigi's Mansion, right? Yeah. Uh, there was a whole bunch of cool questions in there. It's a required reading if you like Luigi's Mansion to find out more about it. But... I thought this one stood out because I remember your complaints about Luigi's Mansion and mine too, of course. Uh, Why there's money and why you can't buy much with it. Uh, The hotel in Luigi's Mansion 3 is stuffed with money. Uh, Wherever Luigi points his vacuum, money's going to fly. It sucks coins and bills from rugs and curtains, from potted plants and bookshelves, from bathtubs, and really everything in the game. Why is there so much money lying around? Quote, the money was hidden in the hotel a long time ago, said game director Bryce Holiday. Actually, this money does not belong to the ghost, said the game's producer, uh, Yoshihito Aikbata. Uh, it was hidden within the hotel at some point in time. Not much lore there, but uh, Tananabe, who's, uh, Tananabe uh, whose first name I left out, I apologize, offered a different sort of origin for all the cash. Quote, the feedback that acquiring money makes one feel happy is something that has been demonstrated in Super Mario and The Legend of Zelda. So it was something we wanted to include. Players can use their in-game money to buy some temporary power-ups, but there are no outfits or upgrades to spend money on. Nothing meaningful that all that cash can go to. Quote, We had decided from the beginning that it would be used as an evaluation criteria for when you clear the game, the producer said, noting that the team had considered charging in-game money for hints from EGAD, but decided that would discourage uh, people from asking for help. Tanabe said uh, that any upgrade system wasn't needed. Holiday concurred. Upgrades and skill trees aren't very Luigi. He is a reluctant hero. <laughs> he is a reluctant hero who already has the skills and bravery needed to tackle any problem. Players are helping Luigi overcome his nervousness to expose his true talents. Cleaning, destroying, and collecting are engaging, zen experiences that everyone is familiar with since childhood. It is compelling, even if there is no other reason than the act itself. When you when you take when answer, you look at that answer. with the with the the Japanese lens to understand really the core of what he's saying, it, it is the answer. I don't love the answer when it comes to the don't have the store. 
I'd rather them just not have the story. Yeah. Because the money was satisfying. Getting the money is the game. It is everything that they said about like collecting money like makes you feel good. It's hitting all them receptors off. You know what I mean? The dopamine. Oh, I know them well. Oh, I love the dopamine. Who doesn't love some dopamine, you know? But I just feel like that was at odds with them also having a store that you could buy useless shit. Sure, sure. You that know? makes sense, yeah. Like with Luigi's Mansion 1, I like that the money was just going towards like what mansion do you get at the end? You know? Yeah. But this one, I feel like like playing through, it's like even if that's the case, like, I, why are you giving me a store that I can spend the money? Then I'm not going to get a dope-ass hotel or mansion. I just want to call, outfits wouldn't be really cool. So, I don't need it to be upgrades to Luigi. I would I have liked them. Faster I would like that. I just didn't get rid of the store. More, more suck power. You know what I mean? I would love yeah. all these things. Suck harder. I do want to suck, suck harder. Faster. I try to suck as hard as I can. Suck you know stronger. what I mean? Tim. Yeah. I can't wait to see how we suck in Luigi Mansion. There we go. Four. There we go. <laughs> but it's so far away. If I wanted something more immediate, say what came to the mom and grop shops. Where would it go? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Barrett, I sent you, or I didn't, I actually sent it to you in Slack, and then I hyperlinked it in out today in the highlighted section. There it is. Thank you so much. We talked about this yesterday. Yesterday, the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance Tactics came out on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, PC, and Mac. However, we also told you then that we would be giving away through the people who made the Dark th- uh, Crystal, a themed Dark Crystal Switch. And you could win a copy of the game by finding out now. So I buried it in the episode so that the true fans had the chance. Basically what's going to happen is Barrett is going to tweet out from the Kind of Funny Vids account today about Kind of Funny Games Daily. He'll also be retweet this to win the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance Tactics Switch, right? You then retweet it. And then we will go through randomly select somebody in the U.S. Sorry, everybody else. And then we'll, we'll DM you and you'll get it. So you have to follow us, I guess. All right, got it, everybody? Well. Send me that copy when you can. Oh, no, I'll do it. Yeah, don't worry about that. Cool. I got that. I'm make sure we can see it here. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, they can see it. It looks right. lovely. It does. Jim Henson's The Dark Crystal, The Age of Resistance Act. Dark Crystal? What a, what an IP, man. What an IP. Right? Glad right. that they're bringing it back. Good on them. Out today! Seventh Sector, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Monster v- 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 VA, Viator. Vibrate. Viator. That's oh. what I thought, too, but no. Monster Viator, Xbox One, and PC. Zomb. PS4. Stretchbot, PC and Mac. Knockout Daddy! Knockout Daddy. Let me get a trailer for Knockout Daddy on PC. <laughs> Napoleon in Russia on PC and Mac. Top Run on PC and Mac. Juice Mania on PC. The Yellow King on PC. Aces of the Multiverse. They get their first free DLC on PS4 today. And then Fortnite 1.15 is an update hitting today, and it's probably bringing Harley Quinn. Holy shit. <laughs> Knockout holy, Daddy might be holy fucking the worst looking game shit. we've ever seen. Oh my god! Everybody, we are watching Knockout Daddy on PC's Steam trailer here. Sweet fucking Christ! Oh, those poor beavers. See now, Whoa. here's the thing: is I, I, uh, I mean, I, <laughs> all right. See, like, there's a. There's, there's a, a charm. To it. There's a charm I, for I, sure. There's part of it where it's like, yeah, this looks like shit. But no, then it's I intentional. Think it's the the yes, the art is intentionally shitty. Look at him. Fi- he's using a beaver with laser eyes. Yeah, don't be mean about it. All right, fine. I I flipped on it. Bring Knockout Daddy to PS4 uh, and put easy trophies on it, please. <laughs> Radalika, I know you're out there. This is a hit game waiting to happen. Kind of. God. We should start producing games that are easy for trophies. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Big Honk Studios made it, huh? Big Honk Studios. Anyways, also probably out today, Fortnite 1.15 update. Uh, it's probably bringing Harley Quinn skins. I know. It's, this is how they get you? Uh, dude, Every this couple is how months? they have gotten me. Every DC skin they've dropped. Batman, Catwoman, I'm buying them. I went and bought... Uh, no, I didn't buy Star Wars stuff. I talked myself out of it. But there's been another DC thing that happened out there. Fuck, the Harley Quinn skin looks pretty... I, I hyperlinked it if you want to show it. Oh yeah, because it's it's obviously it's the Suicide Squad Harley Quinn, and then now Birds of Prey Harley Quinn skin. Uh, but yeah, Lucas Seven Yoshi, who I guess leaks stuff for Fortnite all the time, dug in there and got it. And then Harley Quinn from Suicide Squid Squad looks great. Yeah, it does. But it is that thing of, I was like, oh, well, I'll, I'll buy these skins, and eventually I'll fall back into Fortnite because I always do, and I haven't yet. <laughs> so I, I can't just, I feel like I can't just keep buying yeah. skins for DC characters that I'm never going to come back and play. Or can I? Who knows? <laughs> New dates for you, uh, Infinity. The psychedelic puzzle adventure uh, from developer Barnack and pu- okay, this is too much. Anyways, Infinity is coming. Uh, Steam March fourth, twenty twenty. PC players can play this IGF finalist uh, with a free demo uh, glimpse of Infinity today. 
A Nintendo Switch uh, release will follow shortly after, launching in Q2 2020. Uh, Baron Fur is going to fly, takes fa- takes off on Switch, Xbox One, PC, March 4th. Northgard Studio Survival Action Game. Uh, Darksburg Strikes. I think these might have been, two of these might be, I don't remember. Darksburg these. Strikes. Did I put these in? No. So it's th- coming to Steam. The, the game's just called Darksburg. I don't know. I don't and it, I, this is when I, I take the headline. People, I take the headline from the press release and put it in. And I'm like, I'll edit this later. Don't and I never be cute. Edit. Don't be cute. I hate it. I yeah. hate it when it's like it's all caps. So it's like, what's the title of this game? Northgard Studio Survival Action Game. Darksburg strikes Steam. So it's Darksburg. Yeah, Steam, Darksburg is coming February to 12. Steam. That's how you should <sighs> say that. Fallout 76 is getting its Wastelanders update on April 7th. It also comes to Steam that day. Uh, Gamespot points out one important thing to note. Is that Adams and Fallout First memberships for Fallout 76 on Bethesda.net will not transfer to Steam. Adams do not move between platforms, but Bethesda confirmed that items purchased with Adams will be shared across Steam and Bethesda.net. Fallout First. They did it, Greg. They did it. They did I'd exist. love to see the stats on that. How many they sell? You know what I mean? Man. Oh. We'll never get them, though, no. of course. Tim? Yeah. Before we get to deals of the day, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you about our sponsors. Please do. Uh, first, we're going to start with. Manscaped. Breaking news. This is an important PSA brought to you by Manscaped.com. This is your pubic service announcement. More than 18 months of research and development, the Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created. The new trimmer was just released only moments ago, and we are first to confirm the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 Manscaped trimmer is now available for purchase. The third generation Manscaped trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Millions of balls are about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin safe technology. Uh, both me and Tim use them, and two out of two women agree it's smoother and it's a good look for them. If you use the Lawnmower 2.0. It's an easy transition because it's the same replacement blade with a new and improved skin safe technology. Uh, when I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes, so you can take a longer shave. One of the coolest new features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show off your mower loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a rapid charging dock powered by usb if you're listening to me speak right now you're one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product and i want you to experience it first ball yourself it said firsthand but i put ball in there. i like it i like they like their balls trim that junk of yours get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code games at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off and free shipping at manscaped.com use the code games your balls will thank you up next is brooklyn and making your home beautiful is the ultimate form of self-care and what better time than the new year to care about yourself? You spend a third of your life in the sheets. Don't you want them to be insanely comfortable? And this new year, it's time to get comfortable, like with new bedding, loungewear, towels, and more. Home of the Internet's favorite sheets, Brooklinen's got over 50,000 five-star reviews and counting. People here kind of funny love Brooklyn. I only sleep in Brooklyn sheets. Everybody knows that. Tim, I think, has the towels, too. He won't share them. He sucks. Yeah. I also have the sheets. Well, I knew that. I, but like I, yeah, I have my own sheets. I know you have all the same stuff. I, I have new ones now, though. They're great. Are we up? What color? Um, now they're like a white with like little gold accents on them. Ooh, okay, nice. nice. Uh, they've moved beyond the bedroom to offer essentials for your bathroom too, like towel, shower curtains, bath mats, and even launched an ultra soft loungewear that makes you feel like you never left the bed. All luxury products without the luxury markup. Uh, Brooklinen.com is the perfect place to hit refresh for the new year. Go on and make yourself comfortable. Brooklinen is so confident in their product that all their sheets, comforters, loungewear, and towels come with a lifetime warranty. Get 10% off your first order and free shipping on all the new sheets when you use the promo code GAMES at Brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Promo code GAMES. Brooklinen, everything you need to live the most comfortable life. Your most comfortable life. Either way, you're going to be comfortable. Next up, Raid Shadow Legends. Introducing Raid Shadow Legends. Raid is a mobile RPG done right. Not every RPG game must be cartoony and cutesy. Enough with candy rainbows, unicorns, and bright colors. Get real, raw, dark, epic, and awesome. Raid Shadow Legends will take you to the world of dark fantasy and realism. And now you can play Raid both on your mobile and your desktop. The game is cross-device, so you can play with the same user and switch between devices whenever you want, however you want. Uh, Everybody's saying these graphics are amazing in the PC version, and the game is super fast as well. Raid has all the features you expect from a brand new RPG title, like an amazing storyline, awesome 3D graphics, giant boss fights, PvP battles, and 
Hundreds of champions to collect and customize. Uh, everybody's having fun. They say it's a great performance on a mobile game. Uh, check out the amazing graphics and detail on those champions and in Raid. Uh, you have the ability to personally customize and choose the artifacts and design a unique mastery build for each one of the champions. And the best part is it's free to play. More than 15 million players worldwide have already downloaded the game. So go click on the link in the description box and start playing. You'll not just be enjoying one of the best mobile games of the moment, you'll be supporting this show. So what are you waiting for? Download Raid via the link patron.me slash kindoffunnygamesraid, which you'll also find in the description, and get a special package with 100,000 silver, two clan boss keys, 10 mystery shards, and the amazing champion adjudicator. This package will be available for the next 30 days. days, days, days. Right. Get adjudicated. Deals of the day for everybody. Uh, Xbox Game Pass has updates. Uh, these are all coming soon to PC. The, con the dates are for consoles. Final Fantasy 15, February 6th. Wolfenstein Youngblood, February 6th. Death's Gambit, February 13th. Wow. Wow. Anything Final else Fantasy 15, man. It's just awesome. And Game Pass is great. Game Pass is great. Agreed. And then... Guess what, everybody? We have a new segment called Barrett's PSN Choice. Over on the PSN, they're doing a sale for the critics' choice. Barrett went there and bought a bunch of stuff. Barrett, tell me about it. Well, I didn't buy a bunch of stuff. But right, Barrett I, lied I, to me I, early. <laughs> Fucking lied to my face. I do think the best deal of the critics' choice on PSN right now is Assassin's Creed Odyssey Gold Edition. Hell yeah, it is. It went from, I think, $99 to $25. It included... Uh, I, I could be, or maybe it was seventy five. It was, it was one. It was up expensive. There. Yeah, it was really expensive. It includes one Assassin's Creed Odyssey, the season pass with all the DLC of Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I gotta get back and to it. Assassin's Creed Three Remastered. Ooh. And so Assassin's Three Cree, uh, Assassin's Creed Three Remastered on its own is forty dollars. So you get two games for the price of just twenty five dollars. Wow. So I think that's a really good deal. Other deals that I looked through, Wolfenstein two, I would say one of the best first person shooter campaigns of this generation, is only thirteen dollars. Injustice two, one of the most beautiful games this generation, is only twelve dollars. And Deus Ex Mankind Divided is five fucking dollars. Play that game. Play that game. It's so good. Nick Scarpino loves it. It's so good. If you're into that's the second one, right? Human Revolution was the first one. Yeah, Human Revolution was uh, PS3 360, I think, and then this I, was like yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah, and so if you like games like Dishonored <laughs> with like a really cool RPG and like level design where you can uh, you know like go into any situation with like any like a bunch of variables and sneak around and stealth, or if you want to go into shit like guns blazing, this game is fucking rad. It's like a combination of like. The kind of game design and um, overall, like, well, what's the word that I'm looking for? Like, uh, voice of Dishonored, but then also, like, the aesthetic of uh, Cyberpunk, man. It's fucking rad. $5. Huh. $5. Not bad at all. Wow. Play it and then send uh, tweets to Elias Tufexis. The... Adam Jensen of your dreams. Okay. It's time to squad up, ladies and gentlemen. This is where one of you writes in to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. Give me your name, username, platform of choice, and why you need help in a video game. I read it here. The best friends come and find you. Everybody plays games together. Today, Joe needs help on Xbox One. Uh, the Xbox username is Talk. T-O-O-K-U-S-T-A-L-K. Uh, hey, KFGD crew. I recently noticed that I was closing in on 200,000 gamer wow. score and decided that 2020 was going to be the year I returned to my early Xbox 360 mentality of being a disgusting achievement whore. Watching the recent episode of We Have Cool Friends with Ray and oh I'm sorry with Ray only enforced my decision to do this. My only problem is none of my friends are achievement hunters and I feel like some competition on the monthly leaderboards will help me get to this goal even faster. If you want someone to compete with on the monthly leaderboards or just a best friend that is willing to help boost achievements from time to time, I'm your guy. Thanks. Tukas Talk. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Go be friends with Tukas. Tukas. Also watch that We Have Cool Friends with Ray. It's a good episode. Uh, time for You're Wrong. This is where people watching live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Tell us what we screw up as we screw it up. Uh, Unsung Spartan says, probably missed news. Uh, NVIDIA's game streaming service is finally live. GeForce Now lets you play PC games with minimal fuss on any PC, Mac OS, or Android device. That's good news. You see all this stuff? It's getting rave reviews. That's the first time I've seen it. Oh, no. yeah. yeah. People, are, people are saying, I was seeing Easy Allies talking about it and IGN talking about it. And they're like, hey, this is uh, cloud gaming done right for the oh, first wow. time. Oh, yeah. wow. Suck it, Stadia. Um, all right. Cool. Uh, Kuchoko 
says, this is for Tim. Kingdom Hearts all in one package announced for PS4. Missing the last DLC, though. Is there something? Kingdom Hearts all in one. Eh, no, not really, though. And then Kebabs comes in and goes, actually, Deus Ex Human Revolution was the second Deus Ex game. Okay. You knew exactly what I fucking meant in this IDOS, Montreal. Uh, the and even then, is it? Well, there was the PS2 one for sure, and I think there might have been more than and that. There was more than that, though. Yeah. It's not the second. I mean, it's the Human Revolution, I think. It felt like a soft reboot and like bringing back the Deus Ex like franchise, you know? I'm just saying. I, I, like I mean, here's the long and short. I'm going to look it up, and then I was like, you know what? There's no reason to. The f- it's dead. It's a didn't sell. There's a reason it didn't sell. Don't even buy it. And it's so sad because the way uh, Mankind Divided fucking like ends, you're like, oh, shit. I'm ready for the next one Like in a year. And it's like, nope, we're not doing them anymore. It's like, fuck. Kebabs then chimes in and go, you still got it wrong out of your mouth, Greg. And then the references in the first one. So they- shut up, Kebabs. All right. Again, this is fucking dead. It, Nobody it doesn't cares. matter. Everything Nobody cared I about love this game except dies. Nick Scarpino and Barrett, apparently, and Kebabs. So you know what? Everybody else should make different games. Make different Ladies and games. gentlemen, this is kind of funny games daily. Tomorrow, your hosts are going to be me and Gary Witta. Friday will be me and Blessing. Remember, the Gamescast is recording this afternoon, 2 p.m., patreon.com slash games. It's the most iconic Nintendo games. It'll be featuring Tim, Blessing, Fran, and Imran. I am stressing about this. Yeah. Are you ready to go to the mat for a lot of these games? One reason. Fran? Who Maribel. Let's see how. Blessing earlier today was like in uh, in Slack. He was like, hey, um, I was doing my Nintendo list and like, it's really easy. It went really fast. I don't think it's going to be a long episode. So maybe we should also do this thing. Oh, sweet, sweet blessing. You don't understand the hell that we're about to submit ourselves to. I'm excited. Yeah, it'll be a good show. Let's let's, let's go, man. This is the Royal Rumble. Of, of course, this show isn't over. The post show will roll on after this. Patreon.com slash games, where you can get the show ad-free and put your questions in. You can catch this show each and every weekday. If you don't want to give us any money, no big deal. YouTube.com slash games. Rooster Teeth podcast services around the goal. Low, 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 low. Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.